and welcome to Myth, Magic and Memory, the podcast where we help you to learn Greek myths by walking around your own neighbourhood. Did you know you can remember things more easily if you associate them with places or objects? Appropriately, this method of memorising information was first documented by the ancient Greeks and has been used in many societies around the world ever since. As you walk around your house or neighbourhood or even a fictional place in your head, you can assign memories or stories to the things you pass. Then, when you want to remember the myth, you can simply walk the route again, in person or in your imagination. This is the idea behind myth, magic and memory. Listen to this podcast as you're moving through a space. Whether it's your home, your neighbourhood or a magical kingdom in your imagination, it's up to you. We will tell you a story from Greek mythology and we'll help you find some landmarks as you go along. We'll pause at each landmark so that you can focus on associating that place or object with a specific part of the story. Each time we mention a landmark, you'll hear this tone. Feel free to pause the podcast while you find an appropriate object. Soon, you'll be able to wow your friends with your knowledge of Greek myth. One small disclaimer for you. There are lots of different versions of each Greek myth, as they were adapted and repeated many times over before they were ever written down. We've selected our favourite parts of different versions, but feel free to disagree with us if you prefer another version. Keep an eye out for the episodes dropping in your podcast feed soon. And remember, you can always give us feedback or have a chat with us in our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. This episode tells the story of the Minotaur myth. The key characters of this story are King Minos and his wife Pasiphae, a craftsman by the name of Daedalus, Minos and Pasiphae's daughter Ariadne, and a young Athenian by the name of Theseus, as well as his father, King Aegis, the gods Poseidon and Dionysus, a magical bull, and of course, the monster of the Minotaur also feature. There is a lot of background to this myth, but let us begin straight away. King Minos of Knossos on Crete was ruling over a successful and prosperous country. The fruit and vegetables of Crete were bigger and juicier than anywhere else. Can you find a tree or bush that has flowers or fruit on it? This will represent the abundance of Crete. Minos's brothers were contesting his right to the throne, so he asked Poseidon, who'd always favoured him, to send a bull from the sea to prove that he was the official king. Minos promised that if Poseidon sent a bull, he would rightfully sacrifice it back to Poseidon. So Poseidon sent the purest, most beautiful white bull out of the sea, thus proving that Minos was king. Find some white stone around you. The purer, the better. This could be on a house, the pillar outside it, or even a really clean gutter or pavement. The white represents the colour of the bull. Unfortunately, the bull was so beautiful that Minos didn't want to kill it. Instead, he decided to sacrifice a bull from his own stable. At the same time, King Minos's wife, Pasiphae, had also noticed how beautiful the bull was. She began to admire it, and even desire it. Some people say that this was Poseidon's payback to Minos for not sacrificing the bull. Gods get very angry when humans don't fulfil their promises, especially if they don't sacrifice. One way or another, Pasiphae fell in love, or lust, with the bull. In Knossos lived the best craftsman outside of the Olympian forges, a man named Daedalus. 
He could make moving objects out of anything with incredibly intricate mechanisms. Queen Pasiphae went to him and asked him to help her fulfil her wish of seducing the beautiful bull. Although this might seem kind of strange, she was the queen, so who was he to tell her no? He immediately started to make a realistic heifer from brass and wood, with a cowhide stretched over the outside so it looked like a real animal. Now look for something made of wood. It can be a tree if you like, but something constructed from wood is more fitting, like a wooden letterbox or a fence or door. This will represent Daedalus's man-made wooden heifer. Pasiphae climbed inside the fake heifer and it was put in the bull's paddock. Yep, you guessed it. The trick worked and the bull copulated with the queen. We're not going to try to find a symbol for that because I'm sure your imagination is plenty strong enough. So now we have a queen who is pregnant to a bull. Not strictly scientifically possible, but this is a Greek myth we're talking about, so details don't really matter. After nine months, the queen gave birth to a half-bull, half-human. Now, try not to think too much about giving birth to something with horns, because according to the myth, the creature came out with the body of a man, or baby, presumably, but the head of a bull, which is, of course, always depicted with horns. Ouch. Have a look around for something with spikes on the top, perhaps a pointy fence or the top of the electricity pole. Picture the spikes as bull's horns on a tiny baby monster. Obviously, King Minos wasn't thrilled about his wife giving birth to a bull's baby, but Pasiphae was so protective of her child slash calf slash monster that she convinced him not to kill it. She even named it Asterion after Minos's father. Then she once again asked Daedalus for help. Daedalus built the labyrinth, a complicated web of tunnels beneath the castle, which were impossible to get out of. Anyone can get in, but you could spend a lifetime trying and never escape. All roads led you deeper down, so you inevitably ended up in the central chamber. There was only one door in, and it was locked, for obvious reasons. Find something with an intricate pattern, preferably a spiral. It can be in the pavement, or the bark of a tree, or even the rust on a pole as long as it's complex and memorable, to remind you of the labyrinth. Once it was complete, they put the creature, now named the Minotaur, in the centre. With the head of a bull, it wasn't exactly intelligent enough to find its way out anyway, but if it had tried, it would have been endlessly lost. Unfortunately, animals have to eat. Is there a gutter on the street you're on? Perhaps even a stormwater pipe or something which has collected a bit of dirt. This might make you think of the trapdoor used to feed the Minotaur. Warning, the next section is a bit dark. The Minotaur's favourite food was human flesh. Like most cities, Crete had its share of criminals who were punished by death, and these could be fed to the Minotaur. But as it grew, the Minotaur needed more and more to sustain it. Luckily for Crete, they had recently won a war against Athens, and Minos had negotiated, as part of the peace treaty, that Athens would send seven young boys and seven young girls every year to Knossos, and they would be fed to the Minotaur. Until, of course, Theseus came along. Theseus was the son of King Aegis, and an arrogant young man. So he volunteered himself to go as sacrifice, so that he could save future Athenians. 
Have a look for something gold, like someone's house numbers or a metal letterbox or even a shiny knocker on a front door. Theseus thought that he was the golden child and the solution to everyone's problems. Shiny, arrogant young man. King Aegis did not want his son to go, as he was the only son and heir to the throne, but Theseus was determined to be a hero. However, he promised that he would put up white sails coming back from Crete to let the king know if he was coming back alive. If Theseus was killed, the boat would come back with black sails. Remember this, because it'll be important later. So Theseus set off with 13 other tributes, seven young men and seven young women in total, to Crete. The sacrifices arrived unarmed and were immediately put under guard and locked in a cell until the time would come when they were fed to the Minotaur. How could anyone defeat a Minotaur unarmed? Find a gate or a fence of metal bars to represent the locked cell. When King Minos came to inspect the prisoners, he brought his wife, Pasiphae, and their daughter, Ariadne, with him. Ariadne and Theseus fell in love as soon as they laid eyes on each other. That night, she broke into the prisoner's cell with Daedalus, the creator of the labyrinth, and gave Theseus a sword to kill the Minotaur with, and a thread to unravel so that he could find his way out again after he killed the monster. When the guards came and asked which tribute would be going first, Theseus immediately volunteered. He entered the tunnel and the door was slammed shut and locked behind him. He started unspooling the thread and walked down the tunnels into the depths of the labyrinth. Do any of the houses on this street have wires that connect to the electricity poles? Find the most unique one and picture it unrolling like the thread that Theseus used. Eventually, Theseus made it all the way down into the centre where the Minotaur lived. It was dark down there, but Theseus faced the Minotaur, looking it in the eyes before swiftly attacking it and killing it. Dripping in the Minotaur's blood, he then found the end of Ariadne's thread and followed it back to the door. He knocked quietly, and Ariadne unlocked it for him. They went and released the rest of the Athenians from the cell, returned to the ship and set sail. They added ore power to speed their getaway until they were safely sheltered by the island of Naxos. Can you find a median strip or a tree enclosed from the footpath around it? Something to represent an island, a safe haven from the battles of the story so far. Theseus washed the Minotaur's blood off himself and they all relaxed. One by one, they fell asleep on the beach. But during the night, Theseus had a terrible dream. Dionysus, god of wine, with vines entwined in his hair, appeared before Theseus and told him that he must leave the island immediately, taking his crew but leaving Ariadne, or else they would all die. When Theseus woke, he spoke to his sea captain, who had also met Dionysus in a dream. Together, they decided that Theseus would have to abandon Ariadne, so he left her asleep while the men quietly climbed on board the ship and set sail for Athens. In some versions, Dionysus came along to find Ariadne and he married her, which was the true reason that he had told Theseus to leave. However, in other versions, Theseus abandoned her of his own accord and she hanged herself out of sorrow. 
As for Theseus, when he neared Athens, he was so excited to return home that he forgot to change to white sails, as he'd promised his father. Now, the final symbol is something black, like the sails. It can be anything, a black front door, a letterbox, or part of the electricity pole. King Aegis looked out to sea from the cliffs, as he had every day since his son left. Finally, one day, he spotted the ship coming over the horizon. He recognised it as his own, and it had black sails. Distraught at the thought of his son having been eaten by the Minotaur, King Aegis threw himself off the cliffs and died. Thus, Theseus became king in the worst possible circumstances. What a tragic story. Thank you for listening to this episode of Myth, Magic and Memory. If you have any photos or thoughts that you'd like to share with us, please jump in the Facebook group by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you also check out our other episodes. This podcast was produced for the Adelaide University Union by Alex Mader and presented by me, Alana Melville. Many thanks to Alyssa Mason and Matthew Green for their support with this project. Happy walking!